I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. More cup victories to talk about on this week's Wise Men Say podcast, just what it is it about them that makes the lads tick. We'll be speaking about that and more with James Hunter, Sunderland reporter from the Evening Chronicle press conference today, James. Yeah, I've been down there today, seeing Gus today. Any good? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, like, like I said um, a bit earlier, you know, he's uh, being asked lots of questions about um, the Arsenal game, but we all know that really everybody's interested in Man City. Mm, well, save any info you have for later on in the show. Chris Weatherspoon from the Rock Report probably dragged himself from a pub to be here, Chris. Spot on, to be honest. You've got it. Even even though it's a Thursday afternoon, you know, <laughs> before I got work tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, this is never a bad time for the pub, is it? Very interesting. Um, I yeah. find Chris's uh, alcoholism very interesting because <laughs> it comes across as you know a very intelligent Chris. You let you're a very creative writer and stuff, and you you work in accountancy, don't you? It's and you, you but you, you had this laddish behaviour on the drink. Is it just, <laughs> are you just covering all bases? Is it an invention or a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> You're covering all bases until you find yourself a suitable wife or something. Well, I'm I'm glad I turned up now, Stephen. Thanks very much for this. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to get off on the wrong foot. But um, all right, loads to get through tonight. Don't mind, he'll kick <laughs> off. <laughs> loads to get through. Southampton Arsenal and the question of the week that has a prize this week I'm Stephen Goldsmith and always Gareth Barker's here Gareth you're looking forward to that question of the week you appear to be very enthused uh, I'm not indifferent no that's not the, the mood we got James when we came in was it no he was uh, dancing on the ceiling <laughs> right lots that, of that was, I've been in the pub as well it wasn't the question of the week I know we should go all get drunk and then do one one week actually see what happens well I'll tell you what'll happen if you go on then well it'll be bad <laughs> <laughs> Oh, even, there we wor- go. even worse. Even worse. Right, yeah. okay. Let's get on because we've got loads to loads to get through. Southampton game, Gareth, start with you. Good solid win, look comfortable all over the mm. park. We'll come to formations just now, but a cup performance again that sort of makes a mockery of our league position. We, we keep seeing this. I know we would be better off in the Premier League um if if it had started since Poyet came, but still, you know, this is a mental thing because we look so much better in the cups at the moment, don't we? Um, yeah, definitely, and uh, like you say, it was was very comfortable, um, and we made nine changes, um, and we still looked comfortable. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know what I don't know why. I don't think it's it's difficult to to put your finger on why they seem to be able to play so well in the cups. And I think Gus alluded to that himself. Maybe that he's going to tell them every game until the end of the season's a cup game. Some parts of the media, James, will have you believe there was about 500 people there. Does that have an effect on the players, do you think? Because Christian Hennage, I think it was, was on before mentioned that, but that can't be it, surely, can it? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's it's to do with, with the number of people that were there. I mean, obviously, there were you know 16,000 odd, odd there for the cup game at the weekend, um, significantly less than, than a you know, normal league game attendance. But when you look at the number of home games that Sunderland have had, when you think factor in the the problems there were with the Metro that weekend, when you look at the fact it was on TV at the early kickoff, and then the TV mourn about it, yeah, and, yeah. and, and people also have, having to um, save the money for for Wembley and for future cup games. So you know, I don't think that you can really complain. Mm, yep. 
Okay. Especially people who don't pay to go to football matches. Quite. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. On to the game itself. Interesting formation, I thought. Craig Garner was very advanced, probably the most since he's been here. Two up front, both of the centre forwards worked the channels, I thought, made room for Garner to play. Jack Larini Larson tucked in and pulled wides on occasion. We've um the first time I thought, um, Gareth since God since Gardner's been here that a manager sort of changed his team to suit him. I'm not saying he was great, mm. by the way, but it was an interesting development, wasn't it? it more, you know, proof that Gus can adapt because we've seen all sorts of formations since he's been here. Yeah, um, so you see, so he took up a really advanced position when when we were playing well, goal kicks, deep set pieces, stuff like that, and like you were saying, he kind of split the two forwards and got to push right on. Didn't yeah, he? he did. He was basically playing as a central striker in those situations. Um, he nearly got in a couple of times, um, but he didn't really time his runs very well to get in behind, and that could be probably level at a couple of them. But yeah, I think. You know, there probably wasn't a lot I didn't think between Gardner and Larson in the general play, but obviously, really, yeah, I, th- I thought they were very similar. But Gardner, you know, you, that's the that's the thing you hope f- you get from him when you pick him, doesn't it? That that's one, the area that he scored one. a lot of goals for uh, for Birmingham, isn't it? Chris, yeah. where are you with the Gardner thing? Because I, I thought I don't think Gardner was great. As I've just said, I thought he was much better than Larson. Though, how are you with that? I th- what I liked about Gardner's performance was. He gave the ball away quite often, but he, he but no, but he. This is starting well. Yeah, but, you know, but, no, but he, he went looking for it though. He tried to be proactive throughout. I thought, and he went looking for the ball. He didn't hide. He always wanted to try to dictate play. I forgot Larson was playing. To be honest, that's I mean, that's my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, like we're just saying there, he, he scored the goal. So you, even if even if that's all he does, you know, if we win one nil, you can't really criticize the book. I mean, I still don't think he's any kind of long term answer, and I, I don't think. In Poirier well but I think like you say the, the one thing about Garner is he won't actually shy away from it I mean we've seen him have games where pretty much every pass has gone awry but he'll still be looking for the ball now and I, th- I thought on Saturday he did alright you know I don't think I don't think Southampton were any great shakes but I think it would be taken away from Garner to say that he didn't have like a big part to play in that I, th- I thought he played quite well Larson kind of did his usual routine of pointing at other people and shouting a lot I thought but um, to, to but he honest, does it so well oh no no <laughs> he's the best pointer in the team without a doubt but um, to be honest overall from 1 to 11 I don't think really any of them could be to- could be really faulted I mean good all over the park weren't they yeah exactly James back to the formations credit to Gus Poyet then isn't it because he's he sort of stumbled upon a settled team and a settled formation in recent weeks it would have been easy for him just to carry on that and bring in the players asking to play that system but the fact he's trying these different things it's encouraging isn't it because people are sort of obsessed with plan B's and stuff and he, he seems to have a lot more than that in his locker doesn't he yeah well uh, managers are often criticised for um, being too inflexible and, and not being prepared to uh, adapt the, the shape and the formation to, to suit the conditions uh, Gus has looked at, um, at the way that Sunderland's form has been at home in particular and uh, decided that he wanted to do something different and and play Gardner in a different role and, and play a slightly different way. Wouldn't surprise me to see him do that in league games um, from now on as well at home, because I think he realises that uh, there's such a difference between Sunderland's home and away form um, that something needs to change at home, and mm-hmm. he's, he's not afraid to try and, and do that, affect that through um, through formations. Do you think that could work, Gareth, for the league games at home? Then, if he's trying to look for you know try and find a way to play two up front almost and play more offensive players like Jack Iranian in central roles and Gardner um, important roles 
well, maybe help with the goals because mm. there's something like James said there's something hap- not happening at home isn't there we discuss it every week here on there. don't forget Sunderland have, have played a lot of the big teams at home already so they've got some some of the easier mm. in inverted commas games to come at home so possibly that suits two strikers as well especially if sides are going to come and put ten men behind the ball he's, he's looking for extra ways to sort of get through I, I didn't really see it as a two up top of the week and like well it was different we, 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 it was kind of weird yeah, it was it like was, I couldn't it wasn't really a static wor- formation was I couldn't it? really work out Kind of who was playing through the middle between him and Scott. Well, I think Barini was probably the main one, and then change a lot, like Scott yeah. was kind of like slightly deeper to the right, and kind of Jack Rini played like more withdrawn, but it got wide occasionally. It was it was on you, and then like you say, like Garner kept on going through the middle. So, but it worked. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> Scott was the the interesting one. Change he's changed that system, like we've talked about there. Brought Scott in. Um, Scott was sort of was, you know, quiet but effective. Um, obviously, he's not fit, but if if they want to play that way, you know, the players that we've got adaptable enough to come in and replace the role that Scott Rowe did, or is it going to be Scott Rowe and Barini and Johnson for the rest but of the, the season? They played a different role of the way sort of Fletcher and, yeah, and, and Alador been playing so as, a, as a sole striker, haven't they? It's an option, but I think um, you know there, there was a number of reasons why. We were successful, and you know you'd you'd have to point to Catamol. I think for me, I thought he was absolutely superb. Yeah. My uh, man of the match. Yeah. I think it would be easy to ask if anybody didn't have Catamol down as the man of the match. I don't think I spoke to him. No, doesn't seem like it. Uh, I mean, I don't think he put a foot wrong to be honest. I mean, I, I can only remember him giving the ball away once as well. And you know, he, he was just he was exactly what you want from him. Like you, we always say that on his day, he's an excellent footballer, and we saw that on. Um, on Saturday, the problem with, the problem with him is it's like it's how often do you get it? But I think um, somebody pointed it out to me. I hadn't really thought about, it, but bringing Bridcut in, everybody's kind of taking it as a given that like it's going to be Bridcut in the side. And you have to wonder whether, it, on some level, Catamol's thinking that as well, and this is boosting his performance level. Well, Poyet almost said it originally, didn't he, uh, James? Before he, when we looked like Catamol might leave, he said he was looking forward to the two of them. Uh, competing for that place I don't want to go over all ground here because we've spoke about this a lot but then since he's sort of had a change of heart and says he might need to play the two of them together so it's something that could work isn't it and like Chris said that that's all players can do I mean it's a, a cliche for you it gives a manager a nice a nice headache doesn't it yeah yeah I mean uh, I, th- I think uh, there's definitely a role for Lee Catamore within the squad and, and you know in, in some games in certain games within the team I mean he was he was fantastic against Southampton as we were saying um, I think you will uh, um, you would normally see him, you know, stay in, in the side against Arsenal this weekend. But I would be surprised if he does. I think that um, that you know, the, with the way that things are going to be with Lee, Lee and Bridcut um, cup tied, um, mm. he wouldn't surprise me to see him held back for the for the uh, for the cup final. That's interesting. You wouldn't one. want him sent off or injured or anything of that that nature and leave you without Bridcut and Catamore for the mm. final. Well, we're, we're going we will speak about Arsenal, so we'll definitely come back to that point because it's a it's a fascinating discussion that one. Talking about other players, Gareth, I thought. Uh, I mean, I know I read your ratings in the Rock Report, and I'm not sure you entirely agree. I thought Salus got a good game at right back, which is probably just what Phil Bardsley needs because I've spoke a lot about how. I don't like Bardsley playing in his comfort zone and mm. at the moment because of the way everything's happened it's sort of elevated him to a new level this season Saluska pushing him can only help that yeah I, th- I thought Saluska did fine I didn't uh, criticise him I, can't, I couldn't remember I, no, I didn't criticise yeah. I didn't criticise any of them apart from <coughs> Conor Wiggum but um, I thought uh, you know Saluska you know yeah he was 
you know, the, the issue with his technical ability on the ball, that's the problem in those tight areas. Sometimes it, when he gets into that crossing position, he kind of seems to take him an age to, like, sort his feet out to get the ball in, and sometimes the amount of times the ball goes out of play before he can get a cross in or something like that, or he gets closed out. But, you know, we quite like Silicic at the start of the season. I just don't think he's suited to the system. But you could, I would, I thought Desena did quite well at left-back as, as well. I know a few people thought said they thought he was terrible, but... I thought he had a decent game for somebody who hasn't okay, played in personally. months. He looks, he look, he got legged towards the end, mm. didn't he? Um, somebody else, Chris Virginie, impressed Santiago Virginie, centre half. Looks like he's because I think there was a lot of worry about oh, can, can he adapt to the Premier League and all this, but he's he looks apart, doesn't he? Yeah, no, I, I thought he looked spot on. What I, what I liked about it was um, he never really. He never looked kind of under pressure, sort of thing. He always, and I mean, obviously, this is why Poyer sound This is why Poyer likes him. He, he's comfortable with the ball at his feet, which, like, and I, I don't take away from John O'Shea. I think he's a cracking defender, but the one thing he'd say is he doesn't always look comfortable with the ball at his <laughs> feet. And I think just like the contrast there. I mean, Virginie, I, I don't know the statistics on it, but I doubt he gave the ball away very much, if at all, when he was playing along the deck, you know. And um, I think I think it all just plays into like what Poyer is trying to bring in since he came here which is basically we'll get the ball okay we'll just knock it around at the back a bit we might not really go very far but it kind of takes the pressure off and he's like he can keep the ball perfectly well you know and it eases any pressure that we might be under more competition for players as well James because O'Shea and Brown before Virginia arrived you know they'd sort of fended off any competition from Roberge and DK so that's nice again now if there's three of them and you go pick two from any of the three. That can only be a good thing as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's fairly clear that uh, O'Shea and Brown are established as the as the first choice uh, back back pair. Um, but Virginie's certainly uh, pushing hard, and, and he's a, a good um, deputy to have. Um, and then you've got you know uh, Roberge further further back, obviously. But um, but I would I, I, I was impressed with. Uh, with Virginie, um, I have been in each of the three games that he's played so far. Uh, I know one one was against Kidderminster in the cup, and that's a little bit hard to to judge him on on that. That was his his actual debut. Um, but um, yeah, I've, I was impressed with him. But I guess we'll we'll know more when uh, when we see how he performs against Arsenal. I think what you could say about Virginie in the in the Kidderminster cup game, if you're going to look at it in isolation, know that that was his first game in English football, and but you know. He was intelligent, and there was a times where he thought he went into space, played further forward almost because there was no th- real threat. So yeah. he decided to carry the ball into midfield and make up extra bodies, make an extra body in there, stuff like that. So he's obviously an intelligent player, and yeah. he's, he, I think he's shown that. And he not a few decent long passes. Could you I say? Thought. Could you say Poyet paired him with Brown, perhaps? Um, at the moment, no, but maybe next year they'll. Be more competition. How old will Brown be next year? About forty-five. <laughs> thirty-five, will he? Thirty-five. Yeah, something like that. Thirty-four. Yeah. Thirty-three, maybe. Yeah. How old is O'Shea now? Yeah. He's older than that. Thirty-three. Yeah. Thirty-three. Yeah. So really old then. <laughs> 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 they like it. He looks. Um, he looks younger than you, though. Yeah. <laughs> so well I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. All right, move. Chris has had his turn. Now it's me. We'll move. I'll think of something. Right. Uh, I think the last person to mention then. Other players who came in were the fringe players, as they get called now, don't they? It was uh, Emanuele Giacarini, Gareth. Mm. We've spoke about him a lot playing in the centre. Again, you, you were saying there you couldn't always work out what the formation was. Giacarini, I was trying to watch a lot, especially the first half, trying to figure out where he was playing because he was central sometimes. Sometimes mm. he was going to the touchline, but whatever it was, he had more of an impact, didn't he? Yeah, it was good. Um, 
really impressed in the first half. I thought probably aside from Catamol in the first half, I thought he was probably our our best player alongside him. Which is encouraging because the Kidderminster game, mm. um he you know, he was very off colour and you just wondered whether, you know, it was a, a mental thing, you know, as if he'd sort of accepted his fate that he wasn't mm. gonna get a game here. Um, so it was encouraging to see how how sort of focused he was and how proactive he was. But just I think with Jackarini, often it's his decision making um, that's a problem, and it was better at the weekend. Um, but I think that's you know people talk about pace in the modern game being key and stuff like that. I just I think decision making is the the thing, you know. And like he, I think he's quite guilty at times of making too many bad ones when he gets in good areas. Um, but he might have had a go. Actually, took had a good run at the box, didn't he? And uh, I think Garner took it off his foot. Speaking of decision making, that wasn't the best one for me. <laughs> that was a funny one. That one yeah, wasn't. I think that. Bit, I suppose that depends yeah. where he was sitting on the ground. He had a bit of a how fall that out one looks. After yeah. that, didn't they? How that one looks because you know he was he, he was cutting on his right foot a lot, Jack Rainey, wasn't he? I'm not sure if yeah. I've noticed him do that as much. He's right footed, didn't he? So yeah. yeah. Mm. For me, that was quite that was quite clear because when when you looked at the replays of it, he had loads of space to take it on his left foot, but he didn't fancy his left mm. foot, so he, he took it on into traffic on his right, and saying. then they got in each yeah. other's way. He should have gone with his left foot. Mm. I mean, I've the reason I, I know his right foot, I know his right foot. I haven't just noticed he's right footed. What I mean is, I didn't <laughs> I didn't notice in uh, in earlier games that he had to do that, mm. or was he? Have I just do noticed? Not, do you not think it's a confidence <laughs> thing as well? Possibly, though? yeah. I mean, uh, um, to be honest. I, we keep hearing his agent saying how much he's enjoying it here and stuff, but I really wonder like how can he be at times? Like, I mean, well, that's he, why it was a nice surprise to see his performance. Yeah, time, exa- exactly. So I mean, there's there's obviously a player in there. I mean, I think what we kind of need to remember is the circumstances he's joined in haven't been ideal. Let's be honest with all the hoopla at the start of the season and that. And I, I think, I mean, I, I hope I hope he gets time because obviously there's a player in there, but it's just is he gonna show enough to play? to prove that A, can play in the system without kind of negating the rest of the side and B, like we were just saying, that his decision-making is good enough. Mm. <coughs> but Poyet, I suppose, it comes back to the, what we were talking about before, GM doesn't Poyet, he's going to have to try and find some formation systems to, to make the likes of Gardner and Jack Rainey fit in because we do have a lot of games coming up and you've got to look at the fitness of the players and if you need to change things entirely for one game... I suppose a cup game is the right time to try those things out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, there are going to be games when someone can get down the sides and and attack wide, you know, with with Johnson and Barini, and then there are going to be games where they need to to go through the middle, and Jacarini will be more suited to that, I think. And uh, you know, you, there are going to be di- different. It's horses for courses. And also, don't forget, Sunderland have got an awful lot of fixtures to play and to squeeze in. So all these squad players and inverted commas fringe figures, whatever you want to call them, are all going to have to play a part. Particularly if the you know the FA Cup run continues as well, you, you know as, as as we all hope it does, um, there could be a, a real sort of fixture backlog, and all these players are going to have to play some sort of part in that. When did a squad player become a fringe player? Um, You're in the well working in the industry. When did when did you start stop typing a squad player and put fringe player in? Oh, uh, <laughs> that, that's that's a mystery. <laughs> Just one of those seamless what transitions. We're going to talk about Wigan. If you would I, like I'm, to talk about no, I'm just curious no, I, no I it's an interesting a, point because I know you gave him a low score for, for yeah. the Rockwood Paul thing was it mainly because of your selfishness yeah <laughs> right very That's much it. so yeah. so having a big chat about Wigan <laughs> well no I just <laughs> I'm just curious like a Q&A. I'm just curious that what other people thought because well, I, I, thought I, I was because re- I, th- I just thought I like I, I was like really disappointed that I think he did some good things when he was on but 
you've got to he's got to learn like I think he's got a, pr- a problem to be honest like <laughs> I do but like you know like he's, n- he's an experienced player like I know he's young but he's he's played for he's been playing I think you I know think and I just think when he when he does what he did there and people are saying well he wants to impress the manager well why not shoot from? 40 I can see. Yards I can see. I know. I can see. I can see. Sort of where other people come from. I can see the argument to that is that a lot of the um, a lot of the problem people have had with Wickham, a lot of the criticism he's he's received is because people are saying he doesn't do enough. He, he's inconfident enough, proactive enough on the mm. ball. So I think you know. He, I mean, he he went on a fine dribble, didn't he, to get himself to that point? He should have passed the ball then. I'm not sure I'm prepared to criticise him too much if that's something people have been asking him to do recently and he hasn't showed that. I think so I think, yeah. think Gareth shaking I think his head. What do people think? I, I think <laughs> sometimes you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, aren't you? I mean, he, as well, you say, it, he went yeah. on that fantastic surging run. Uh, he's been at Sheffield Wednesday. He's been scoring goals. He's obviously high on confidence. Sees the sight of goal, has a goal. All right, it, 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 it was a poor effort, but. You know that that's the difference between him we'll and Josie Altidore. Josie Altidore is, is low on confidence and and probably wouldn't have fancied himself in that situation. Well, I don't know if I don't think I think that's I don't know about the low on confidence thing. Well, have you criticised him if he if he um why if he, if he I wasn't just don't know why he didn't pass the ball? Like I, I, it's one thing if you like. But is, on, he, is, if, he the, is he the only centre forward you'll, you'll see in most games who wouldn't do that? I think that's it's th- a common problem, I, isn't it? I mean, I, I, do, I do see where you're coming from. I think not many people disagree that he should have passed it, but. I can see why he, why he took it on. You know, he's a striker. Like we're just saying, he's just but coming he's back. He's sixty from yards out when he's turned <laughs> him, and he's in. The, like Barini's in, and like it's fair enough if he's twenty five yards out and he turns and he's got a pass on and he tries to take a shot. But he's he's got forty yards of thinking time when he's carrying the ball. And the better option, he had a better option to his left, better option to his right, and he took the greedy option, selfish. And then if they go up the other end and score. He's responsible for that. I remember we played Villa in the cup. Dallas not happy about this. Remember, <laughs> no, I just like you know what he's, he's, he's off on one here, isn't he? He's off on one. Do you know Arsenal Wenger? Not Arsenal Wenger at Arsenal Wenger. If if you are through on goal, one on one with the keeper, and you've got square pass and you don't pass it, even if you score, you're in the doghouse because that's a better op- your better option. You've got a guaranteed goal basically if you if you square it, and that and that's that's the name of the game. I just think I don't think anyone's disagreeing with that. I just remember, you know, cause you remember we played Villa in the cup. And we got beat on penalties, and uh, I think Richardson went clean through, and he had Mel Brank to his right, and he he was in the box, and he decided to shoot, and he, all he had to do was pass it to Mel Brank. And we got beaten on penalties. And I'm not saying it was uh, as guilt edge as that, but he's got 40 yards to hit, and he's 60 yards from goal. He always do is slip Barini in. He's he's one on one. He's got a much better chance of scoring. Mm-hmm. I just think. I hear, I hear what you're saying, but but it, 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 it's all on outcomes, isn't it? Has he got if he goes forward and, and scores, nobody says a word. Everybody says what a fantastic individual goal it is because it didn't go in. People criticise. Well, didn't go in, did it? It so didn't. So that's why you criticise. I'm, I'm sure yeah. Gus Poyet. If it had gone in, you wouldn't have been saying, "Oh, he should have passed it." I'm sure well, Gus Poyet had a few words. <laughs> I'm sure Fabio Barini uh, had look, a few uh, words. He didn't look at me. The Gus didn't look at me. Like, I know. I'm, I'm sure he had a few I wasn't words. at me. I wish anybody listening could have seen Gareth sort of hand actions through that rant. There, we just uh, <laughs> we just need you to finish on. I would love it if he wasn't in the team next yeah. week. No, love no, it. no. I'm not. I'm, it's not. It's not. You know, it's not a personal thing against Wigan. I just. It's really frustrated as that did because bad decision making again. It can cost you, cost you the game. A re- it could have cost us a replay, and we've got another game. Yeah, oh, but it didn't. Can. Yeah, but it, yeah well, all right. <laughs> let's move on before we go backwards or forwards. Now we'll move on from Gareth's agenda against Conor Wickham. Right, <laughs> we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Arsenal game. 
Okay, Arsenal now. Nice easy game before the cup final. We do have Andrew Mangan from arsblog.com on the line. Uh, before we get to Andrew, Gareth, um, it's it's hard not to sort of take your mind off the cup final, isn't it? Um, you know, we... we 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 are thinking about the games we have, the form we'll have going into that game, like we wouldn't do if it was a league game, perhaps. I'd have rather had Fulham away for that kind of result we got down there. That isn't going to happen. But I suppose it's one way of looking at it, that the players could at least get into the mentality of, of playing against a top side beforehand. Mm, never really I'm just trying to look for positives coming. No, I've got, you know, I need something here. Never really thought about it that way before. Um, Shall I pass it on to someone else? And come no, I just, I don't know... Um, I just think I think to talk about a game that's got nothing to do with any of us um, watched the Barca Man City game and kind of felt as though watching Manchester City that they kind of played like a lower ranked team against a top ranked Premier League team and they kind of played the name on the shirt and not they didn't play their own game and I just think that you, the occasion not they the did, game well they did yeah. I mean they played well they played Barcelona they didn't play as Manchester City and I just think he like we've got to uh, made us think about the cup final thinking well you've got to go and do what you do what you're capable of do 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 the positive things that you can do and they'll have to do that at the weekend so and it's going to be really difficult because Arsenal's home records are very good I think it's a good thing though James to play a good side like that away from home because let's be honest you know Man City in the cup's going to be hard so <laughs> Saturday is going to be hard yeah. I think I think it's a great game for Sunderland actually ahead of the cup final um, which was made last week of um, the Manchester City League game being uh, a dress rehearsal for the cup final for Sunderland and of course that game was uh, was postponed in the end I think in actual fact this is your dress rehearsal you're away from home against one of the uh, elite Premier League sides on a big pitch um, you know against a team that will play in a, a similar kind of style to Manchester City play, play a similar sort of sort of game it's a, it's a chance for Sunderland to to um, uh, work out how they're going to compete against Manchester City and I think Ar- Arsenal in, in that regard will be excellent opponents I definitely think Gus Poyet will be sort of hammering that home to his players this week for sure Andrew I'll come to you now now watch that game against Bayern Munich so those 10 men did a lot of running about without the ball now we're looking for anything we can get here in it, as far as positives are concerned do you think fatigue may play a part on Saturday's game? Yeah I think so um, they, they have a couple of players back I guess uh, we'll have Arteta back, who was suspended midweek, and I think he'll play. And uh, you might see Podolski come in, and, and G- um, Zola didn't play a huge amount of the Bayern game. But yeah, I guess defensively there'll be some residual fatigue for for the Bayern's. Uh, it was hard going. I think uh, you know it does take a lot out of you when you're chasing around. You don't have the ball at all. Um, there'll probably be tired legs out there but enough legs coming into balance I'd like to ask you about Ozil because is it right that there's sort of murmurs of discontent from some sections of the fans now regarding his performances and for Arsenal recently there's always people miserable something <laughs> isn't there you know um, I, I just find it staggering to be honest Arsenal fans have been complaining for a long time that we haven't made any world class signings and when we do make a world class signing there are people out there who who just fail to completely take into consideration any of the reasons why he's not playing particularly well. And nobody is going to stand up right now and say Ozil is playing anywhere near as, as well as he can or to his potential, but that he's being written off by by some people. I guess it just shows you there's a, a whole 
element of people that if you see them on Twitter saying that Ozil is a terrible player and he's a waste of money that you know you could you could do away with them to be honest yeah. um, he, he is struggling no doubt about it and I, I I think I'd probably be surprised if he started on, on really? Saturday yeah um, I think the manager might just take him out of the firing line a little bit um, but you know he, he's a he's a world-class talent and I think he'll come good sooner rather than later to be honest I was reading something the other day that um, it might have been from your blog. Actually, I always before we play teams, I always sort of do a little bit of looking up on blogs and see how, how um, opposition fans are sort of thinking about the game. And I think I was reading somewhere that one of the problems regarding Ursel was that he was he wasn't receiving the ball high enough up the field, and he was having to come deep and search for it, which isn't really his game. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I mean, people were complaining. Uh, about the performance uh, against Bayern Munich but he's being asked to play basically as a left back there so it seems a bit churlish to complain about that I think what he misses more than anything are the players I mean he's a wonderful passer of the ball and where he's really good is is finding that that space uh, you know to feed somebody in and and Arsenal are missing Walcott obviously the the pace that he gives them in behind which would be the perfect the perfect guy for Ozil to play with but also Aaron one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ramsey, who, who loves to get forward um, from midfield and makes those runs in behind that that uh, that Ozil likes, and, and he's playing kind of off Giroud, who is a good a good striker with his back to goal, but that's where he does his best work. You know, he he holds the ball up and tries to bring others into play. So I think perhaps it's taking a little bit of time for Ozil to get used to the players that we that we have in the side, and he's missing certainly some of the players we don't. I come back to the studio here, Gareth. Um, mentioned that problem with Ursula. It sort of reminds me of the, the criticism of Adam Johnson here a little mm. bit, doesn't it? Obviously, a lot more Hollywood <laughs> mm. than our problems here. But um, it's it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? That he might not play the weekend. I'd be surprised. But then, well, of course, you mentioned bringing Podolski, and I forgot all about him, man. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You're, you're thinking, you're thinking, oh, Giroud's not in the team for whatever reason, and then he's out. Oh, just pop Podolski in there. Well, no probs. Wenger's be in English football long enough to know that if you need to get a player back into form and you've got Sunderland next in the fixture <laughs> list and you don't drop him you know um, I'd be you know I wouldn't drop him <laughs> you know if you've if you got a player like that at your disposal and you know he's, he's a quality player so but I, I don't know sometimes it's taking players out the firing line and stuff as it's perceived some people jump on that and then go oh well the manager's lost patience and he's you know look at it like a, well like when uh, funnily enough when Arsenal dropped uh, Chesney for a period that was maybe comparative and I know he came back and was quite strong after after his break and people credited the fact he'd been taken out the firing line but I think it's a bit diff- different with a young goalkeeper making his way maybe um, in a team that's already always been sort of 
under the spotlight with goalkeepers. I kind of always think that about Arsenal. Everyone's saying they should sign a top keeper. When you got a player like Ozil, who's didn't Mourinho say he was probably the best number ten in the world or something mm. like that when he signed for Arsenal? Yeah, so. I think looking from the outside, it seems ridiculous. Yeah, getting but, criticism. But yeah, but um, if you, I'd be delighted if he was dropped. So. Right, James, getting back to a point you mentioned earlier, or you were going to start talking about um, the Catamol Bridcut situation. Now, that's an interesting one because I think you were sort of driving at the point you think you might rest Catamol before the League Cup final. Is that right? Yeah, I think that if uh, if you hadn't, if you take the League Cup final um, out of the equation, I think that um, Gus Poyet will play uh, Lee Catamol uh, on Saturday. But um, obviously, Liam Bridcut's cup tied for the. Uh, Cup final uh, can't play, um, so you're going to want um, Lee Catamol playing in that game, and as such, uh, I think he'll play Brig Cut this weekend um, and not take any risks with Catamol vis a vis sendings off, um, injuries, other such mishaps, uh, keep him back for the final. Um, and play Brig Cut this this weekend. I like no other lad, the other lads think about that because that's a, that's a fascinating one, Chris, isn't it? Because in theory, you would think that Arsenal away would be the perfect opportunity. Um, for Poya to play them both if he was ever going to do that and have them both sort of playing in that sort of defensive role uh, but as James said you know Poyet will say he hasn't got one eye in the final but he inevitably will have so how do you see it how do you think he'll call it um, I think I think it could go either way really I mean one of the things like, I look towards is you kind of you think about Poyet he's quite a progressive manager you know he's not he doesn't you, we've never really seen him go out and say right we're going to sit and defend so it wouldn't actually really surprise me if he turned around and j- just played Catamo and you know he kept kept that ticking over for the final you know you don't want to take that momentum into the yeah, game yeah exactly I mean Catamo had a really good game last weekend and obviously you'll you'll know that it's his place to lose in the in the final because Bricker can't play you know so it's going to take a lot but I just think um, I I think Keeping that sort of momentum going could be quite a crucial thing because, especially with a player like Catamore, we know how up and down he can be, and you wouldn't want him coming in cold to like a cup final. And I also just think, with regards to like playing the two of them, I think Arsenal have had a lot of big games recently. You know, they've, they've played Liverpool twice, they played Chelsea, they played Manchester United, they played Bayern Munich. They're coming into this game against us, and you have you look at them. And you think, are they a bit wounded? You know, are, are they going to be that sort of team that comes out and really gets at you? You know, we're saying that Urzel's out of form. And I think, to be honest, I think us going there and trying to defend would possibly be the worst thing we could do. Well, Poya hinted this week he won't do that. So just before we move on from the co- on to that, end up on this conversation, Gareth. Like, say, you think because that's two opposing opposing you know, theories there regarding Lake Catamaran Bridcut. How would you call it? Um, I'd put. Catamol and Brig cutting key in the middle of the weekend. So we've got three different opinions <laughs> on what we're thinking. Um, just there. think if he's in form and he's available, then you pick him because I, I wouldn't be resting people and stuff just in case. I mean, you know, the, the game, the game in isolation, the Arsenal game is a very important if, game. If you can put it in isolation, once, if you, you can know, put this game in isolation, see what James is saying. It's a, yeah, but, but then you know, you, I don't know. I just think I'd, I just I'd put them both in. I'd put them in together because, like you say, there might be. You know, um, struggling from for fitness, maybe especially playing running. You'd like you say the run did a lot of running without the ball. Um, do you think Gareth, if um, if if he plays Catamol um, at Arsenal, do you think uh, if he was sent off or if he was injured, do you think people would then criticise him for having played him 
when Probably when you would be without Bridgut I think they criticise Catamore for getting sent off I don't think of course they would but what about the what about the manager um, I don't know do you think also that Catam- it might affect Catamore's game knowing that uh, you know it would rule him out of the cup final mm, I'd, like, I'd like to think I'd like to hope that that wasn't the case to be honest by the but same you don't know, do you? No. by the same token you, you could say that if he leaves Catamore out does Catamore not turn around and think well hang on does my manager not trust me to go out there and you know keep myself right I, I think at the end of the day, we all know what Catamore's like, and he, he knows better than anyone what he's like. And I just think, from what I've seen anyway, I think is the kind of guy who'll turn around and say, you know what, you're your own man. You know what you've got to do here if you mess it up on your head, be it. Sort of and thing. he misses a cup final if he messes it up. If there's a motivation not to get mess it up, then that's, that's it. I know what you mean. I think if you have to go to a player and tell him you're going to leave him out of an important game, like Arsenal this, this weekend... Um, probably the the sweetest pill you can possibly give mm. is to say because I'm playing you in the cup final next yeah. weekend. Mm. That's a fascinating debate. This one, isn't <laughs> it? Mm. Eh? Who thought a Lee Catamol uh, debate <laughs> could have been so lively? Andrew, you think you've got problems down there? Is, does this <laughs> does this game worry you at all? Because as, as we've mentioned, I mean, people people suggested um, certainly the the widespread media suggested that Arsenal would fall away at some point. I think it's just because we're all used to them doing that in recent mm. years. But they've they've lasted the pace up to now until recently. You know, the, the the result against Liverpool and Manchester United obviously disappointing. By Munich now look like looks like that tie might be over. Is, is your season in danger of unraveling somewhat? It's got the potential, all right. But I think you know this was a, a really difficult period with Liverpool twice, Bayern Munich. Uh, the Bayern Munich game was lost in, you know, fairly, uh, well, I wouldn't say exceptional circumstances, but, you know, it wasn't like it was 11 against 11 and Arsenal got pounded. Um, uh, and then I think where you'd Manchester United in the middle of that after a pretty terrible 5-1 against Liverpool. So there was a bit of consolidation. Um, I'm always worried, you know, about every game, to be honest, <laughs> because we do have the, the capability of, of throwing things away or... or, or of being self-destructive at times and, and that's something that we've got rid of for the most part this season um, particularly at home uh, so I, I don't think any Arsenal fan will, will underestimate uh, Sunderland to be perfectly honest, we saw what you did to Manchester United uh, and enjoyed that a huge amount um, <laughs> and you've beaten Manchester City and you know, you can't underestimate any opponent in this league I was looking at something uh, a couple of weeks ago just looking back at the 2003-2004 season, and around this time, there was Arsenal, Manchester United, and uh, Chelsea topping the table, and then Charlton were somewhere in fourth. But there was even at halfway point in the season, there was a 12-point gap back to everyone else. I think, you know, the top teams have not—I won't say got worse—but there's more of a level playing field in the Premier League than there's ever been. I think anybody can beat anybody. Um, but, you know, in terms of a team that's looking to go on and win the title or at least challenge or continue to challenge for the title, I suppose a home game against Sunderland is one that you would expect them to win. I think I think as, as well, Andrew, you know, you're, um, you, you may have won only one of your last four league games, but you're only a point off the top of the table there. Mm. And, and you know that you've got Jose Mourinho rattled when he starts having a go at your manager. <laughs> I think it's it. very true, yeah. Um, and uh, it's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't bother if Arsenal if he didn't consider exactly. Arsenal a threat. So, yeah, look, you, you know, it's the best position we've been in for probably five or six seasons. Um, and there was a 2007, 2008 season when we really should have won the league, and there was the the injury to Eduardo, and the team kind of fell apart after that. But we haven't really challenged until 
until this season. And there's a lot of fear, a lot of residual fear, and you don't have to scratch too far below the surface to get a lot of anger and resentment and uh, and everything after a bad result. But, you know, I look at where we are, and I'm, I'm really quite happy, to be perfectly honest, because of because of the way the previous seasons have gone. The, the uh, striking situation, I think, at the moment, an interesting one. And mm. Is, is uh, just to clarify before we go on, is Bentner injured? No, not no. as far as I know. No. Bentner is... No, he's been now. Now that Sonogo is back, he's been shunted out. To be honest, because he really doesn't have any future at the club mm. at all. Um, so, I think the manager is looking long term and trying to blood Sonogo because he is the one that's got a three or four years ahead of him in terms of a contract. Ben Benner's contract mm. is up in the summer, so he's going to be the casualty. Because I, I, I think. You know, people have got mixed opinions on Walcott, but I think he's been a, a massive miss since he's been injured. Personally, um, when when I've seen him, seen Arsenal, and he obviously gives you that thrust going forward. But obviously, Giroud's been hit and miss recently, even though he had a good start. And then mm. I just the, the Sonogo one's an interesting. What are your thoughts on Sonogo? Because when I've seen, I've just kind of looked at him and thought, yeah, for the future, I don't, I don't know what how ra- highly rated he is. But I mean, he was playing what the French. Championship or second division, whatever you want to call it, yeah. last season, and I just kind of watched him last night and thought, yeah, you, you, you know, he worked hard and ran around and stuff. But and when I saw him against Liverpool as well, some of the stuff he was doing, I just thought this guy just doesn't look anywhere near the level that Arsenal need at the moment. I would agree with that. I mean, that's not to write him off or be critical yeah. of him. He's played twice for the club and. You know, he's thrown into a huge pressure game against Liverpool in the FA Cup, and I thought he did, you know, pretty well. He, he was asked to do a job against Bayern Munich, the best team in Europe. Again, he did pretty well. I thought he started the game uh, quite well and had a, a decent effort on goal. But you know, it's too much to expect yeah. from a young player like that to throw him in at that end. And uh, you know, there's Podolski there, there's the Giroud there. Uh, and people will say that if Arsenal are playing Sonogo against Brian, Bayern Munich, it's a, it's an indication that they should have bought somebody in, in the transfer window. But um, you know, he, he's obviously a player they think highly enough of to throw him into situations like that. But you'd be hard pressed to make the case that he's ready for them mm. just yet. He just didn't look quite there. That's why I was surprised. I thought, well, if, mm. it, if it's the alternative to Giroud for whatever reason that may be, well, he's being dropped. Um, if it isn't Bentner, I thought well, he must be out. But I guess that makes logical sense in one in one in one part that yeah you're looking at the future with Sonogo but like you say two massive games in a week and obviously you're trying to compete you sort of you're in a good position in the Premier League but it, like you say it's tight at the top so it could go either way then you're in the later stages of a cup competition and there's you know you can't obviously write Arsenal off because they went and Bayern Munich last season and won two 0 didn't they did they yeah, yeah. Um, they did yeah um, so that's a possibility and. You, you know, you just don't know, but you know, I had a good, you had a good opportunity to, to get a result at home. If Ozil had scored a penalty, it would have helped, like. But um, yeah, just I was just a bit surprised that he went with Sonogo. That, that's I'm just a bit of a shock, really. I'm not criticising Sonogo as a player because, like you say, he's a young young player for the future. But it's a really surprising decision in two massive games that he's gone with in a key yeah. area, the pitch that Arsenal have been heavily criticised in all season. Yeah, I mean the first Sonogo. one you could. The first one you could understand if he wants to play him in the FA Cup, you know, because he wants to keep Giroud fresh for for Champions League. Fine, you know, you can you can understand that. But to keep him in the team against Bayern, 
Um, and it's not to suggest that he's in any way culpable or responsible for Arsenal not getting a result, but it's still a, a brave decision um, by the manager. And, and maybe on one hand it speaks to the faith that he has in him and, and his talent, uh, but on the other you, you can't help worry or wonder if there's just something behind the scenes that's that's made him make that decision. It's not necessarily because Sonogo was the best player that he had available on Wednesday night, there's other things going on, mm. perhaps. Will, uh, he, will he retain his place at the weekend, Sonogo, or will I he go with Giroud? Uh, I think he'll. I think he'll put Giroud back in. Uh, that would be typical, wouldn't it? Come back <laughs> and score a hat trick. Those things yeah. happen. Before we get score predictions, uh, mention something quickly. Chris, you touched upon there. Uh, um, be suicidal to go there, wouldn't it? And sort of try and soak up pressure, wouldn't it? Too. I mean, you've got to do that to an extent. Obviously, you're not going to go there and dictate player but Poyet has been speaking this week so that he's going to try and get them to do that there's a limit to how much Arsenal will let you do that of course yeah exactly and I, I think I mean I'm not for, I mean we've just been saying there and Arsenal seem a lot more mentally strong this season but I still think as Andrew's just said there is you don't have to go too far below the surface to wonder you know is there a bit of like frailty there and I just think if we turn up on Saturday and you know we set out our stall to defend first of all it doesn't really play into our hands because we don't really do that now you know and when we did we weren't very good at it <laughs> but um I think you know we just go there we play our game. if you look at our best performances you look at like when we played down at Old Trafford you know we we didn't go and kind of just say right you come at us and we'll hit you on the break you know we actually try to play football we try to get on the front foot and I, I just think um suicidal may be a bit strong but um, I, I I don't see why we should have kind of any fear to go there and you know like try to put ourselves in the game if if we get played out the game by Arsenal then so be it you know the one point off the top of the league and you kind of expect it but don't go to defend and put George McCarty in centre midfield <laughs> to man Mark Fabregas <laughs> remember that one I'd try not to um, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't know if I want to win because I want to. I want to lure Man City in a false sense of security. So well, I don't think <laughs> any will be. You know, I think we've lured everyone into a false sense of security in the bottom three. So. Right. Okay. Well, I'll go around everybody now and get a, a score prediction. So, Andrew, I'll start from you. A score prediction. Um, I, I think Arsenal have been good at home. They control games well, and maybe you guys will have an eye in the cup final. So, two uh, 0 That's been generous. Okay, Gareth. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm going to say draw. Just got a feeling that one might make a draw. Frustrating one-one for Arsenal. Chris, um, unfortunately, I would probably agree with Andrew. I would say probably you know pretty tight first half, and then they score. We, we're pushing forward to get a second. So yeah, I'd say two 0 James, I'm going to make it three two nils. I think two 0 Arsenal as well. I'm going for two 0 as well. Four <laughs> <laughs> then. I'm going to stop going last in these because it always just sounds like I'm jumping on the bandwagon and <laughs> piggybacking other people's score predictions, but it's definitely not the case. Let's hope they're wrong, of course. Anyway, okay, right, we're going to move on now to the question of the week. <laughs> Okay, question of the week is back. Or did we do it last week or not? I can't no, we didn't. No, We've we didn't. been slapdash in recent times. Right, okay, so I can't do that dramatic thing again. Right, question of the week is back. Okay, right, Gareth, hand it over to you. Yeah. Um, so, firstly, question of the week um, is sponsored by Campbell Retro, um, and the winner will should be decided by the panel in the studio, and will win a personalised Sunderland Retro shirt of their choice to display at Wembley and the Cup final. Um, so yeah, you'll get a name and number on there, and there's some some good ones on there. So 
the question was um, if you could pick a historical f- figure or thing from any walk in life to be Sunderland manager who would it be and why uh, the variety of answers via the medium of the internet um, so yeah I'll do some extra ones on Twitter shall I read them out as well do you think yeah if you want to right, ok I'll do that I'll be kind right so I'll read the ones off the paper first. Um, there was a few people who went with Genghis Khan, Ben the Magum, David. Just a quick pointer. If you call David and you're on Twitter, you might want to make your Twitter username a bit clearer because there's a lot of Davids in the world. Um, and Stuart Bailey, there was probably other people who went with it. Genghis Khan, um, just for various reasons. Carl Robinson said Richard Nixon, he could hack other clubs to find out their tactics and transfer targets. And if things were looking bad, he'd probably resign before getting sacked. Um, a few people, <laughs> Matt Bate, Pete, number 660. See, he's numbered the Pete. He's number 660 on Twitter. And Jamie High um, all mentioned Martin Luther King. Um, pretty much the same reason, because he dared to dream. And he would give an unforgettable team talk. My argument too this, easy, that yeah, one, lads. Too easy. My argument on this one was that I, I probably wouldn't go with him, because if he was sacked, we'd have to deal with the Society of Black Lawyers. And we don't need that. But we've had enough trouble. Um, Graham Rooney um, said General Custer Epic Last Stand All Guns Blazing Nick Holden Blackbeard the Pirate says next time Pardew gets funny on the touchline you get a shock and also we need more managers with beards it's difficult to disagree with that point uh, Dan Williams said uh, The Rock could come in Rock Bottom Vince McMahon and Pardew all at the Wonga Dome and would give stunning team talks um, Paul Jakes uh, Tywin Lannister apparently he's, he's off Game of Thrones never seen Game of Thrones no nope, cue everyone going You've never seen Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, you, I've probably seen stuff you haven't seen either, so shut it. Um, he was a good leader, rich, and he's better connections than Joe Kinnear. Uh, Stephen Barger, Hannibal, true underdog, defeat the strongest historical empire in many battles. Kind of us, like us against City. Uh, Tommy Boyd suggested Jesus Christ would be good. He might be. Um, don't know about that one. Howard Bywater, Henry Havelock, born and raised in Sunderland, and died whilst reliving the siege of a look now during the Indian mutiny I don't know what any of that means <laughs> I, probably, I might have offended somebody <laughs> um, Michael Stop- Sopnik um, we shall fight in Roka Beaches we shall fight at the O3 Arena and we shall fight till death at Wembley Stadium William Churchill that's apparently the team talk I imagine he sees he would give uh, Graham Rooney, Vlad the Impaler questionable football credentials but who needs credentials when you're Dracula and can turn into a bat again difficult to argue Andy Dawson, Mussolini. Actually, no. We've had that. Yeah, been there, done done that. Ross uh, Varnum Collier, uh, Thatcher. She's used to dragging northern communities out of the pits. That's good, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's that's a good good. one. Simon Walsh, Nelson Mandela, because if you deny this is the right answer, you're a terrible person and a racist, obviously. Uh, Dan Williams, uh, Henry VIII, imagine him after Wembley. Imagine him after Whitley missed that penalty straight in the guillotine. Form Q, lads, you're all for it. And he also says he wants to be the manager, so he's got a way of going to the cup final. Kind of the Kanye-esque again, though, that yeah, one would be fair. Yeah, maybe. Um, Michael Briggs says Al Pacino, just so he can say, say hello to my little friend as he brings on Jack Arini, he's a super sub. Uh, Ryan Frost, King Leonidas, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, from 300. I haven't Leonidas. seen 300 either. Leonidas. Um, imagine the halftime team talks. I can't, only can because I don't know who he is. Uh, Michael Radley said Michael Jackson. So we can buy the statue they have at Fulham and put an extra stork over when we win the cup. <laughs> um, Dave Marjoram said uh, Emmett Brown, assisted by Mike McFly, go back and replay any game we want and win everything forever. 
um, Gavin Henderson uh, the man Luala because he'd love to see his son the manager celebrate a goal by doing front flips in a tracksuit Daniel Goodfellow Hitler <laughs> might see us finally make some inroads into Europe only to be disappointed eventually as is the Sunderland way um, we've already Bunker mentality Bunker yeah, mentality uh, well yeah um, there's a few other ones off the Twitters uh, Robert Sinclair Gandhi great speech team impressed peaceful approach can stop the red cards and he can even help the mags with boycotts um, Robert Sweet said I think he did this actually suggested this without any knowledge uh, of the connection but George Washington he can motivate Americans get out of the firing and he topped the toughest British opponent Man City uh, Sir Winston Churchill what I'm leading with stirring speeches blah 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 we've had that another one uh, yeah Paul Goldsmith your brother says Jesus because he likes his beard again beard based content I'm all for that Simon Burton uh, Charles Bronson because he likes his moustache again tashes are acceptable Richard James Purden Steve Bruce because he finished 10th really um, I've never heard, yeah. never heard that one <laughs> yeah um Let's read. There's two more from the same people, but the what Dave Marjoram said the wife because she'd do a perfect job, given she's never wrong about anything ever at all. And uh, Tommy Boyd, uh, Dave Benson, Phillips, uh, again, if the players were bad, he'd give them a good gunge. And I think that's it. Okay, are that's, we going to decide? We're not. We're going to go. We're going to go with our own. Shall we do our own? We need the end of the music. That's how long we've gone on. Right. Okay. I've got a good one. Well, you're you're allowed to present yours, but yeah. you, may, you may not win well, the prize. Are we allowed to win the prize? You're not allowed oh. to win the prize. Ah, well, how good are you in World War One history? I'm not at all. Ah, right. Well, is anyone? Because <laughs> not really. I had I'll start watching, watching this Jeremy this Paxton yeah, yeah, yeah. thing a little bit. Oh, well, wait until you get to Woodrow Wilson and his 14 points. Right? There were four one, points. One. There were war aims, you know, we're in our war against relegation, you know, and they were also looking beyond that to avoid further disaster. And basically my thinking is, we've got 24 points, if Woodrow brings 14 along, that's 38, and we'll probably stop up. That's very, very convoluted. I like your thinking, I like Mm. your thinking. You can't win, unfortunately, James. (laughs) Well, uh, I don't know, Chris Chris looks disappointed as if he was expecting a round of applause. (laughs) I think he was just expecting a shirt. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go for Jessica Fletcher, hero of Murder, She Wrote. Doesn't matter how improbable the circumstances, you know it's all going to turn out right in the end. Mm, Very good. Gareth? No, I'm not going last. I'm I'm going last. No, no, I'm going to go. go. Right, okay. Uh, Mine was Vera Lynn, because... You know, she if she could get the lads on the front line up for it, she might be able to get a group of players up for it. And I mean, up for the game, not walking out looking like yeah. they've got a tripod down the trousers, uh, down the shorts, or anything. See me. <laughs> should have gone. Yeah, should have gone last. Just binned it off, and then, um, yeah, mine was um, if the music. I don't even know if the music. The music hopefully is working, is transmitted to the uh, listener. Um, it, but we did that thing before where we did some music and it didn't work. <laughs> And we were taught in the reference in the music, and then uh, we looked like morons, so but more so than usual. Um, but yeah, mine was uh, John Hammond, the um, creator of Jurassic Park, because uh, he managed to, you know, make dinosaurs happen from just uh, from a mosquito. So imagine if he was Sunderland manager, given the funds that certain managers have had to spend, the kind of level he could get to, and also it's like the mosquito potential. had Eusebio's DNA or something. Well. Or just dinosaurs. Velociraptor's manager. You wouldn't want to mess with him. Velociraptor up front. Imagine that. Mm. 
would you play him on his own, yeah, like or would you, you bring in somebody else alongside him? I don't know. I'd bring in uh, Barini uh, through the middle, or the Delofasor, <laughs> like could be the uh, what do you call him, uh, Elagi Juf, because he's spit. Mm. But do we want managers and players like that again? I don't know. It's a Velociraptor. Which one would go and goal? Oh, I don't know. Couldn't be a T-Rex because they got tiny arms. <laughs> yeah, no, but his body's big. I mean, but come on, his body's big are enough. We, are to we cover playing dinosaur-sized goals? You know, is it just a no, normal pitch? Reg, reg, regulation football, but yeah. with dinosaurs. Okay. Standard like football. Mm. But um, I don't know if you you could put just some, one of them, just like a triceratops or something like that, in goal and just plant it in the goal and then right. park in the triceratops. Stop the music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we've had enough, there. Yeah. Had enough dinosaurs. We've gone too far on the dinosaurs. Stop the music. That's that's the equivalent of an Oscar speech going <laughs> yeah. too far and the music cutting off. Right, are we <laughs> going to decide a winner now? Has anybody out got any that springs out of them? Springs to the mind straight away? Leaps out of them? I like the Thatcher one. I've got yeah. a couple written down. I had the Thatcher one and the Nixon one I liked because they were sort of practical answers rather than just okay. people who were capable, like Churchill, who were capable of giving sort of one great speech. You know, you would need that. You need some he did do sustain. other things, yeah. you know. He, well, he did, but that was the example that was given. So, <laughs> well, the one the one that stuck out for me is uh, I thought uh, Marty McFly, um, Back to the Future. There's been plenty of mistakes been made this season with Paolo Di Canio and uh, um, Roberto De Fanti. I think uh, time to go back and undo a few of those. Mm. Where are you, Gareth, with it? I, I like the Thatcher one. I like it was witty. Chris, where were you? Yeah, did the Thatcher one did it, okay. did it for me. I was gonna. I had Nixon and Thatcher, so I was happy with either of those. So, are you happy with the goal? Happy to be outvoted. Right, would have thought okay, Thatcher would so win something in Sunderland. Eh? Ross Vaughan and Collier, you have won a replica retro Sunderland shirt via Camel Retro of your choice. Personalise it. Get your name on the back. I don't think they'll allow you to have Ross Vaughan and Collier on the back, though. That's a bit of a Mickey take, if you ask me. <laughs> so you'll have to get an ex-player on there. But we'll be in touch with the details and we'll sort it out with yourselves and Camel Retro and everything. So, yeah, congratulations. We need to sort it out so we've got some audio, so like a canned, a canned round of applause. Yeah, if we could just... Canned laughter and round of applause or something, yeah. Well done, well done. Right, OK, live pod next... Thursday, I think there's three-ish tickets left. You have to go to the ISIS um, and get them, snap them up. Literally, that already been three, snapped. When you say three-ish, do you mean somewhere between two and four? Because yeah, I think it was I three and it was four, four yeah. last week. And I'm then not sure. Between three and four. Between three. Well, somebody they might have all gone. That's what I'm they saying. I'm not gone. sure. They might be. Anyway, if you if you're coming along, uh, it'd be good to see you there. Yeah, there's nothing uh, else. Come over and have a chat. Night, really, come over and have a chat. But feel free to buy me a drink. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all going to be obviously the the cup final special so we've got Gordon Armstrong we've got Martin McFadden and we've got Chris Young from the Sunderland Echo so see you all there and hopefully we'll get something at Arsenal uh, if not we'll mourn about it at the live pod next week thanks for listening over and out Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.